must see destroyed, safely delivered to him on Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan! Oh, buddy! <laughs> Hello there. General Kenobi! Kenobi! That's why I'm here. Because of Obi-Wan. Kenobi is all that matters now. Is that understood? Welcome to the Chase Ascendancy Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to... The Chase Ascendancy. Episode 86. We made it. And uh, here we are. We're back. We're reviewing uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 4, mm. also known as Fallen Order Point 1.5. It's kind of <laughs> like the Lion King in one and a half of Fallen Order. Um, yeah. It's well, not quite yeah. Fallen Order, and it's not yeah. Fallen Order 2 that's coming out directly. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this has a lot of similarities. So if you are uh, new to the channel, uh, we review... Uh, a lot of the upcoming stuff. That's how we got the channel started, reviewing the Rise of Skywalker, and we've been trying Crazy. to keep up with uh, Kenobi and things like that. So this is our 86th episode, and so mm. we've got a pretty uh, good little regulated style here. We're going to give our overall thoughts, rate the episode from 1 to 10, give a standout moment, uh, talk about new characters that may have come on the scene in this episode, and then we'll speculate on what is next. Um, again, if you're new to the channel, our speculation is also known as prophecy uh, because there's actually a, a good little chunk of things that we correct. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to go back and change the title on my YouTube from a Jedi. I want to see in Obi-Wan Kenobi to in parentheses Quinlan Voss, because that was getting a lot of traffic on YouTube. <laughs> so um, we'll go from there. Okay. So let's jump right in. Um, we don't want to lollygag about, um, a little bit I of hate sad when somebody news. accuses me of lollygagging when I'm very clearly dilly dallying. Yeah, come on. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I can't think of another word. <laughs> I'm stalling. Um, you got me monologuing. That's what I was trying to think of. Um, I look to check and see when the Art of the High Republic book is going to come out, and it's not till freaking November. Piss me off. Mm. Um, I'm so excited about that. I can't wait to do like a whole freaking breakdown. Uh, how about uh, 17 episodes on our 17 favorite pictures from the Art of the High Republic? We definitely could, but this week it. we'll be talking about page 32. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, you know, there was one time that there's a guy that I knew that uh, was in youth ministry stuff, and he did a dude, I don't remember how many sermons it was on this book that he was reading, I guess, or uh, an idea or whatever. And he posted about it on the youth group page. It was like, all right, guys, um, I'm not, I'm not going to name the book because I don't want the person to know that I'm talking about them. But it was like uh, week 75 on Your Best Life Now by Joel Osteen. Um, it wasn't that book, but 
I was just thinking I would have at least like hidden the fact that I was just doing a chapter by chapter <laughs> talk through for over a year. I would have hidden that behind like a couple of different series ideas or something. Anyways, that made me laugh. Um, but uh, yeah, that's coming out. And something that we're considering, we took a poll uh, recently about um, would for, for these shorts that we're doing, would you like to uh, see us do a breakdown of issue by issue of some of these popular um, comics that are out there, legends and canon. And uh, so a pretty good little response was yes. And I'm wondering if maybe that's our first Patreon project. I've been kind of, like you said, dilly dallying in the the <laughs> thoughts of that. So dilly basically dabbling. Patreon is just dilly dabbling. Um, new boot goofing. But I've been thinking about that if maybe it's not something that the average like regular audience person would want, but maybe someone would be willing to go behind the paywall because you mm. can set up plans as little as like two or three or four bucks a month. And then we put That'd out, you know, pretty regular content for stuff like that. Anyways, just something I'm thinking about. They did yeah, just put out a freaking uh, they did do a pretty new uh, Black Kersantan comic um, that I really yeah, want to dive into and break down. Yeah, it's it's already out. Um, and it's about, um, I want to say it's a couple hundred pages. I think it's like 125 pages or something like that. So your Fortnite. typical comic is some, you know, somewhere around 20, 25 pages. So yeah, that's a big one. It's, uh, it's an eight, it's $8 on the Marvel app, but it's, it's about, you know, five or six or seven comics worth. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really good for the price. I know some folks out there will wait for the hard copy, but. I might do a little breakdown of those because I'm assuming it's a collection of short stories. Anyways, um, so let's jump into this. Uh, so, again, we talked about Kenobi not having um, – it doesn't have names. So it's kind of awkward to be like, we're talking about four. Um, yeah. But they it call works it for part Stranger four Things. Or just, I guess it just says four. Yeah. Uh, it just says part four. And uh, so where the story picks off, obviously – Part three was action packed. Um, Kenobi barely survives an encounter with Darth Tater, and um, <laughs> um, he gets roasted straight on the Tater Tots, and uh, barely survives. Um, Tala and Ned B. Everyone's Is that a shout out to you. like that uh, T-shirt that was like different Star Wars potato heads? Yeah, it's the Darth Tater is the Mr. Potato Head Darth Vader character. That's what I thought. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, there's a Boba Fett one, too. I can't remember the name of it, though. Boba Fett. Tato Fett. I don't remember. Anyways, but Darth Tater is the Darth Vader one. It's pretty cool. Um, I remember Dad gave that to me, and he was like, I thought of you. And I was like, I'm going to take that as because I like Star Wars, not because <laughs> I look like a giant fat potato. Um, Boba Fett. But anyways... I know, because you love everything taters. Like, you love mashed potatoes. So I got this for you. Anyways, um, so part three ends with Obi-Wan and uh, Vader fighting. And uh, Obi-Wan barely makes it out alive. Much worse for wear. Uh, But the more uh, scary concept is the fact that um, on her way to get to the pilot to take her to Jabim, uh, Leia runs into... Um, Reva and Reva's killed a pilot and takes Leia captive. So we find out that Obi-Wan's on Jabim. He wakes up. He's in Bacta. We have a pretty cool back and forth um, 
with Anakin and Vader kind of squirming mm-hmm. back and forth in their different back to tanks. Mean, I am sad uh, that there's been what I say, Anakin. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, Obi-Wan and Vader are having moments in the Bacta. I am kind of sad that we haven't gotten any flashbacks. Back the to flashback the future. To tank. Um, I was hoping for some of that. I think that was a good, um, as right. much as people, I don't know anyone. Yeah. I can't uh, see the, 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 your, I know it's going to be 1080 when we upload it, but your video is a little blurry right now. So I'm sad because I'm oh, trying to sure. see you smile when you make jokes. Hmm. Um, but I know that, one. um, some people didn't like the flashbacks in Book of Boba too much. Um, but A, I liked them. And B, I thought that his time in the Bacta was a really great transitionary period. So yeah, I was really hoping we'd get some Clone Wars there. But we did I've heard so. a few people saying that they're like, oh, this reminds me of Book of Boba Fett. I'm so underwhelmed. And I'm like, first of all, how? Second of all, like a lot of people will be critical of the, the way it was shot or you know, some technical yeah. aspect of the show, which I'm like, I couldn't care less about that. I am here for the story. I'm here for the lore. I'm here for all the little hidden pieces and bits right. that are going to, you know, sprinkle into the relationship of things that are ideally pulling from comics and books. And I don't know, there's just so much depth to it that I think gets lost and unappreciated when we're so worried about like this camera angle or the way this character is being portrayed by this actor, like just shut up. Just enjoy the show. Yeah, I I think that, um, you know, I saw, obviously, I don't know, it's probably out of context, but I saw a rant by Star Wars Theory, which, depending on who you are, you may love him or hate him or whatever. Um, I do think that he he uh, he's broke the mold and he's not, like, having to say things, everything's perfect to get, like, supported by Disney. He's like, I'm doing my mm-hmm. own thing. So I do feel like whenever he says something that's his legitimate opinion... Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a little rant and I, I obviously I just saw a little clip of it, so I don't know what the context was, but I, I don't, I guess he was underwhelmed so far by Obi-Wan and he was saying, um, people were commenting, but you should be happy. We're getting star Wars. And he's like, it has to be perfect. And I was like, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time we're getting like, it's, I don't think that they're, I do think that obviously it's not freaking like cinematic quality. And I know it could be, and I know it fe- sometimes it does feel a little fan fiction-y. Um, but to me, it's it's still very good, and there's still a lot going on, and I'm still it's super... I've never gotten to a place where I'm not excited to wake up and watch new Star Wars with any of these shows Oh, yet. yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? I had somebody complaining so think- about the way uh, that Vader uh, suit scene that we saw earlier on in the show. They're like, that was bad CGI. And I was like, when's the first time you saw that in real life? How are you going to compare that to literally anything to say that that's bad CGI? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I was like, I you want to talk it's, about bad CGI? Because... Let's watch spawn. We'll talk about some bad CGI. <laughs> that boss fight Dude, in spawn, spawn looked so... like a freaking 1993 Nintendo video game. All right. Let's talk about that. Bro, CGI. Spawn is so rough. But every time it comes on, I'm like, I hate this so much. I love it. That's how I feel. And about I'll sit you a whole freaking brutal spawn. Yeah. If you don't like the CGI, at least there's not a big old blue dingus in your face the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> uh, I am uh, what you made me. <laughs> oh, man. You think that's burnt? Probably. Save for save some room for weenies. <laughs> save some weenies for me. 
<laughs> oh, Goofy. You got to see him on that torso light, Brian. Oh, <laughs> I wonder, wonder if Goofy's finished his undergrad yet. Probably not. No, I think he did, yeah. At the end of that year, he had just enough left to get his college degree, and he mm. got a job, right? And he graduated that after that little semester. I guess so, Something yeah. like that, right? If That's you're not okay. sure where we're at and we're all over the place 10 minutes into the show, we're talking about Goofy <laughs> Movie 2, also known as an extremely Goofy movie, also known as the one of the greatest one. soundtracks of all time. Better yeah. one, TBH. Dude, I really do like the second one. Mm-hmm. Anyways... Uh, we're back to Obi-Wan Kenobi. So that's where the story picks off is that um, Obi-Wan is in pain and he finally, he does make it to Jabim there. Um, we see Ice Cube Jr. And uh, he really doesn't say much. He's He uh, doesn't want to help and then he wants to help. And then yeah. uh, <laughs> I think that there's a lot that was, um, my understanding is there was a lot more uh, film shot on Jabim that they didn't include for whatever reason that was going to make more sense as to why he switched his mind and why we should feel sad that, uh, what's that character's name? Wade Wade dies on, uh, yeah. Dude, I have a, th- it was I funny a theory I mean, that they're going to try and make the, what's the lady rescuer's name. I, I have a I theory remember. that they're going to try and make that uh, Rose's mom. Oh, that would be cool. That would be cool. It'd be I think, interesting. Um, yeah, I think that maybe they're, they're trying. They're trying to do kind of like uh, similar to the rebels from Ghost Ghost Crew, but different mm-hmm. in the same way. Similar in a sense that they're willing to do their part to help folks. Yeah, and similar in the sense that they don't want to get linked up to a larger group. Separate in a sense that the Ghost Crew is willing to be violent and do what they whatever they need to do to help. Mm-hmm. or get cargo or whatever it is they're doing on their end. Um, obviously the people who are part of the path, it seemed like they were much more, uh, you know, not as willing to get their hands dirty or actually attack the empire head on. It was more about what can we do to help these young people who are across the galaxy who are being snatched up by the inquisitors mm-hmm. and stuff. And, uh, but by the end, you know, they're, they are part of the fight. And Tala says, I guess you're soldiers now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Long story short, they're on the planet Nur, I want to say is the name of it. Um, and they're at the Castle Inquisitorius or Fortress Inquisitorius, I'm sorry. And um, I did you find yourself wondering how they built that thing in the water? No. I couldn't quit thinking about it. I was like, so how do they get this thing in the water? Do they just build it and then drop it in? Yeah, I would think that. It's the Empire. Hmm. They're kind of uh, a yeah. speedy construction crew, but I mean, like, you want to talk about Star Wars technology? Let's talk about that freaking little mine they built inside the uh, Sarlacc and Battle uh, the Force Unleashed. I feel like oh. that's a much more tedious construction piece than something in the water. Is that but, on Volusia? Um, I can't remember. Man, it's been so long. Wherever you fight Shock T, I don't. Is it that one? Because Shakti is on Felucia. I can't remember if that's the right planet. But there mm-hmm. is, there is, I guess, a Sarlacc in, on Felucia when you do Fire Shakti. I just can't remember if it's like the one that you go inside of. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder about that as well. Uh, so I guess long story short, the um, they're, they get Leia back. He's hiding her in his kangaroo pouch pocket on his pullover. <laughs> Nobody notices a daggum thing. Um, although, you know, everybody was complaining about, 
um, nobody noticing that Lay was under his trench coat or whatever. And I, I understand that is kind of silly, but I also think about the fact that um, I've gone to multiple movies in my illustrious movie watching career in the heat of summer, wearing my letterman from high school from like 11 years ago. And you go those to hand puffy the man leather sleeves are just stuffed to the gills. You hear cellophane to the nines. Like, yeah. yeah, you're freaking... <laughs> you're, I had my bag of chips in one sleeve, like Lego, my, but, yeah. my NOS energy drink bottle on the other sleeve with the cool little, you know, caps. I was smuggling snacks. Yeah, the big old bulky ones that like are yeah. bigger than your thigh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get it. Um, and also I think that, uh, I think it was Star Wars explained was talking about on his little miniature breakdown that part of the, um, part of the reason that the fifth brother and some of them don't notice a, everybody's scrambling to not piss off the inquisitors or Vader and B the fifth brother himself doesn't notice because he's so, uh, bent on finding Reva to punish her for failing, you know, while they're there at the, at yeah. the fortress. So I think that it's kind of the same way that we're showing the growing partnership between Obi-Wan and these other, uh, you know, rebel leaders. It's showing the, the aggravation and frustration and discord mm-hmm. uh, between the Imperials, specifically the Inquisitors. Yeah. And so well, um, I think it's like really the, the first, focus. some of the first taste we're getting, cause you see kind of like the infighting and the backstabbing amongst Imperial officers. But I think, this is the first kind of accessible taste we have of what the ancient Sith would have been like, where there's so much uh, yeah. infighting and there's so much like, uh, I can't think of the word, but there's the competition, there's the tiers of influence and there's the wanting to be more powerful mm-hmm. so that they can mm-hmm. have more influence. And I think it's just like, you know, what we see kind of between um, Tarkin and uh, what, Finnick? Krennic. No, Krennic, there it is. Um in, in the third Thrawn book where it's like, there's this competition over resources or an influence, but it's even more so because it involves, you know, the will of the force, the will of the dark side. And I think it's just kind of right. what we get with the old Sith, um, moving into what we have now, what we have in front of us. And so I think it's just like, they're very, it's almost tunnel vision. You know what I mean? Like they're so yeah, driven definitely. that it, it kind of inhibits them from doing anything else. Yeah, you can kind of tell. I think that there's, um, you know, in the old like Bane books and stuff like that, you had um, you had Bane and then he was kind of on the lower rung of things when he first got there, Mm -hmm. because instead of them thinking, wow, this guy's really powerful for coming in here so late in life, it was the opposite. They're like, why they even bring this guy around? He's so behind everybody. It was almost like Um, Anakin and the Sith. You know what I mean? That he came around because they talk about in the book that like, um, it wasn't unusual for like adults to come because they turn to the Sith after they become despondent or bitter mm. you know, towards the Republic. But for somebody his age to come like that was, that was something. And especially to and come in not, without not any other training, the, but to go to right. the like most powerful Sith temple, like where the Sith right. Lords are being, you know, made, not the assassins, not the supporting right. staff, you know, we're and talking about Sith have, Lords here. It's, it's interesting too, because, um, man, I cannot remember the name of the the really powerful Zabrak that was kind of the main dude. Um, Kitar? Are you talking about his uh, his the Blade Master? No, no, no. That's uh, oh, 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 no, oh the Zabrak. The... I was thinking Twilight for some reason. Yeah. Um, give me a second. Keep talking. I'll think about it. 
Um, but yeah, basically what I was saying was uh, Sirak. That's his name. Sirak. Um, I was thinking about the fact that uh, Bane and Sirak and Zana, they're all willing to like kind of go back and forth, but nobody's really, uh, nobody's going for Khan right off the bat. Nobody's going for those upper level Sith. And it's very similar where um, Reva really stretches by attacking the Grand Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. So I think that just like the old Sith, I think that these Inquisitors will fight amongst themselves, like Bane with uh, with the Zabrak and all these other things. Uh, but I think that the same way they would never challenge Cordis, I don't think that anybody, I think that Reva's even reaching just to challenge the Grand Inquisitor, which yeah, is definitely. ultimately he's just the biggest underling. Um, so anyways, uh, so long story short, they get Leia. All this craziness is happening. This is just before Vader gets to the fortress. And uh, Reva and the fifth brother and all the Imperials there, you see the new version of the Purge Troopers, which is cool. Um, They pretty much have everybody dead to rights. And it turns out that the path, um, Wade and his friend or wife or whoever, um, really come in and save the day. And that's the moment where, the same way that in Rebels, you have the moment where they join the rebellion and they're not just Mm -hmm. a crew anymore. They're part of something bigger these people who are the path who have been just doing this one little niche thing start to kind of join the cause. And uh, you have this really cool moment where Leia and Ben hold hands and it's kind of like, he's finally, you know, finally really actually opening Mm -hmm. up to someone for the first time in 10 years. And that's where we're at. So, um, you know, it was a big cat and mouse. Uh, Obviously there are little things we left out, but that's what the reviews for. So first thing, um, what were your thoughts and you know go you can go right in from your thoughts into your rating yeah so i think my favorite thing i had one of my i was talking to one of my students today and they're like yeah episode four was definitely filler and i was like if that's filler like i guess i'm a i'm a filler kind of guy because that was a great episode it reminded me kind of the office when uh todd packer was like if doing this garn is gay i'm the gayest man alive you know, just talking it like I just yeah. I was here for it, you know. Right. And uh I, I, I think my favorite the term thing, filler for stuff like that. I don't know how it would be filler because it's moving you know? the story along. You know what I mean? It's not just kind of in limbo, like the, the sequence right. of events is is progressing. But um I think my favorite thing was seeing the really heavy handed comparisons between Vader and Kenobi. Yeah. Like it starts in the very beginning, like it's very blatant at the front of it where it's like Obi-Wan in the back to tank being treated for burn injuries. Right. And then Vader in his tank, you know, long-term treatment for the burn injuries and you move along and you kind of have Obi-Wan opening up to the force a little bit more. You see him trying to move objects and see if he can connect with that, you know, that right. well of power that he had before. And I think the coolest comparison that I don't know if it was intentional. I don't know if it was very deliberate part of me, like, to me, because I played Fallen Order and I'm, I'm a big fan of like little details, there's a scene in Fallen Order when Cal Kestis is running away from Vader and uh, he uses one of those water tunnels to shatter a window and basically stall Vader so he can escape. And so Vader's having to hold back the water with the force. Mm-hmm. We see Kenobi doing that exact same thing, holding the window from cracking and holding the water back. And obviously, Obi-Wan's still not peak Obi-Wan and I don't know if Obi-Wan was ever like just strong enough with the force to kind of create the force bubble that Vader creates to keep himself from getting, you know, like just mm-hmm. enveloped by the water. 
Yeah. But we see this like very de deliberate kind of, you know, sequential comparison Parallel. between Kenobi and Vader. And I think what the object of that is to show um, that Kenobi and Vader are perfect opposites, that yeah. they're doing the same thing in exactly the opposite direction. You know, what I, I think mean? you that make it's... a really good point because I've seen a lot of complaints about the mm -hmm. similarities to Fallen Order, specifically Vader and, and Obi-Wan and those tunnels and things. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that m not that it's necessarily exactly on purpose, but I do think that instead of being the complainer, I think it is interesting to look at those mm -hmm. moments as a compare and contrast. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, think, I don't think it's a ripoff. I think it's deliberate comparison you know and there's right, a difference right. it's like um it's it's them showing this is what vader does and then it's them mm -hmm. showing that this is kenobi the 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 perfect opposite like literally the yin yeah. to the yang you know what i mean he is and the I'm light uh, to vader's dark yeah and, and i'm a few minutes away from finishing that book brotherhood that came out about obi-wan and anakin and mm -hmm. uh i don't know like how many chapters are left but there's like 30 minutes left in the audiobook so we're really starting to wrap it up and mm -hmm. uh, it's really interesting because Obi-Wan, um, Anakin does something on this mission that basically like Obi-Wan really starts to see him for himself, not just here's this kid that won't listen to me. Like he's yeah. trying to see him for himself. And he says uh, something along the lines of um, he started to not see Anakin as, like I said, a student or a Padawan or whatever, but mm -hmm. he started to see that they were at their, you know, I'm butchering the line, but somewhere something similar to um, they were both at their peak when they both were reaching the uh, the heights that Qui-Gon had imagined for them. And it's interesting mm -hmm. because the book is called Brotherhood and there's never really a moment that they're like side by side brothers like you see in the Clone Wars, except mm -hmm. for at this last minute. It goes from because the whole book, Obi-Wan's already he's taking that place on the council. Anakin's just been made a night so they're still at different levels and i think there's a moment where um it says that obi-wan looks at anakin and he sees just the tip of the iceberg of the potential that qui-gon saw and they basically mm -hmm. said he saw anakin for the first time for the potential for the man that qui-gon saw that he could become and i think yeah it's interesting mike chen's a, a great writer and i think there's so many extra things if you're a deeper level star wars fan that you can get from the book but it's cool because the book's called Brotherhood. So I was thinking it was going to be this cool, like back and forth, like you see all the time in Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. But it's really the journey. And then the finish line is we're equals and we're brothers yeah. and we're best friends. Yeah. And I was never your dad. I was your older brother. Yeah. And it said that this moment that began when he shook Anakin's hand on the Queen's ship all those years ago on Tatooine had finally come to fruition. And he saw him for mm -hmm. the man that Qui-Gon thought he could be. And yeah. uh, so I think that's very similar like you're saying mm -hmm. they were always two sides of the same coin but now it's like just a giant coin and they're like yeah it's, you know it's it's polar opposites now but well even the if, same even but if the you want to go you know the yin and yang yeah even if you want to go like way back to when uh we're looking at obi-wan as a padawan in master and apprentice yoda paired obi-wan with qui-gon because obi-wan was the rebel but the only way to get him to rebel in the way of doing things like being a stickler was to give him to qui-gon the person who's like the ultimate rebel and so he's right. going to rebel away from the rebel in the way of being a stickler for the rules which i always found like super amusing but then we have this guy right. who's kind of been molded by that decision by the council to like create this stickler 
almost like manipulatively. And he's now shaping this person who is unironically the rebel. You know, he's very right, much right. carving his own path. He's making sarcastic comments about needing to find a spear that's the right color before he rescues Obi-Wan. You know, he's just <laughs> out there doing his own thing. And right. I think it's just to get like a little bit deep theology here. Uh, okay. It's, it's my understanding that some Mormons believe that Jesus and Satan were like... Brothers like the same kind of like Obi-Wan and Anakin connection and Jesus mm. won a fight and then Anakin, or I guess the devil became Satan. And it's like, there's, it's called dualism. Like it's the ultimate light, the ultimate dark, and they're both, you know, powerful and moving. And it's really what I see in this relationship of Obi-Wan and Vader, you know, that it's, mm. um, it's this movement of, you know, Obi-Wan kind of becoming again who he was. And I'm excited to see him kind of like, continue to progress yeah. because we saw this guy who could barely move, you know, like a little bolt across a storage crate on the ship to being the yeah. guy who's fighting from two directions at once, holding back what's literally tons of water pressure like through a, a window. Planet, you know what I mean? Like it's full of literally, a I mean, water he's doing it full of pressure. He's, yeah. He's doing impressive stuff. Like even like peak Jedi before order 66, there were lesser Jedi who, died to the same kind of combat that Obi-Wan was thriving in here in this you right, know, Fortress right. Inquisitorious. So, yeah, I mean, funny. he made he goes massive from strides like, in this episode. Yeah, he he goes from can't move a box of, box of uh, Tic Tacs to Mr. Incredible holding back the train, you know. I know, dude. Right it, there I on mean, the bridge. It's, it's fantastic because, I don't know, some people are complaining about it, but I'm just, I'm loving the ride. I'm loving to see, one, how he's coming back, but to how rapidly he's coming back, yeah. you know, because it, it's interesting it's a because huge transition from the front yeah, to the back of that episode. It's a, it's a huge transition. And also there's a, there's a, a quote from, again, I just was watching star Wars explains uh breakdown of this episode, just kind of jogging my memory. And I always, yeah, there's a lot of times out. that, yeah, there's a lot of, th there's a lot of times that he says something and I'm like, well, that's a really good point. So I want to give him the credit for this, but he made a good mm -hmm. point where, in light of the Jedi, it says that the Jedi are at their most powerful when they're using the force to help or heal someone else. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting to me that everybody was ticked off about Rey being so powerful in the force to heal Kylo or heal that giant serpent or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but it makes sense that the will of the force is always for good. Yeah. And so Definitely. it's like her, her peak moments that power just happens to happen to mm -hmm. her when the force awakens within her um, mm -hmm. are these moments where she's defending the weak or standing up to tyranny and oppression. And so for Obi-Wan, it's like he's shut himself off because he feels like he failed. And now mm -hmm. he once again is becoming a, a really useful cog in the giant machine that is the yeah. cosmic force. And, uh, and that's where the power comes from. So it's very much, um, to focus on your failure in a sense keeps you in that place of failure. And mm -hmm. uh, when you open yourself up to being a vessel versus being, um, being the power, you know what I mean? It's that treasures mm -hmm. and jars of clay type thing, you know, where like, yeah, he's using the force or letting the more, he's not using the force. He's letting himself be used by the force. And that's mm -hmm. the difference where he's defending himself against Vader out of sheer fear um, in episode three, and I know that he's running away trying to hide Leia and stuff, but there's a moment where that emotion of fighting Vader just completely overwhelms him, and then mm -hmm. 
you know, the very next episode, he's like, screw the Bacta. I got to find Leia. There's better, there's bigger yeah. fish to fry out there. And he really yeah. starts to become the Obi-Wan of old. So this whole time I've been thinking he has no chance against Vader, but I know we're, we've been hinted towards a second season. So mm -hmm. maybe their big, big showdown doesn't happen yet. You know, yeah. I, I did hear I'm, that there's like big rewrites and big reshoots for the finale because yeah, that's of what I've also heard season two. Um, mm -hmm. But I am interested to see like, you know, the Grand Inquisitor has to come back at some point, right? Maybe we get Obi-Wan yeah. versus Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, one of my one of my students uh, messaged me on Instagram. They're like, hey, the Grand Inquisitor can't be dead. You know, he's in Rebels. And he's like, how do you think they're going to reintroduce him? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. But I think it's going to be a, a grand reentry if you will you know. <laughs> but yeah, i, I, I think awesome. maybe i think it might be a mini boss fight if they rewrote uh episode six because it was supposed to be a limited series but then i think it ended up becoming the most successful premiere of any show on disney plus which is absolutely massive because right. there was a is... lot of hype for mando season two that's big praise yeah yeah yeah. and loki loki came out and was the number one for a while and yeah obi-wan outdid that as well so that's really yeah, cool so that's, and that's because i think boba fett I think Boba Fett overcame Loki, and I think this got bigger than Boba Fett. Um, so I'm I'm so, super excited, but uh, I th I think I missed my rating, my my chance to rate. So I think yeah, episode yeah, three so far is still my favorite, just because we're getting to see you know the Vader of of lore. You know what I mean? We're getting to see him, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, being the baddest man alive, the terror of the galaxy that's always written about and always like sometimes illustrated right. and in graphic novels, but I've never seen it. Yeah, you know? we're, so we're getting finally to see getting this. to see. Yeah, the this Vader that they worship individual. in the Dune Sea. Yeah, dude. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, he's a Sith Lord right here. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just yeah. kind of a villain who's kind of got That's a really streak true. of good. He's a Sith Lord the, right now, man. He's he's literally just killing folks right. as pawns. Like, that's dirty. The, the cover from Lords of the Sith by Paul Kemp, we're getting that version of Vader. You know yeah, I mean? just like the kind of when he's surrounded, like he's literally surrounded by dozens and dozens of rebels. And he's like, mm -hmm. all I see are dead men. Like that's yeah. freaking balling, and we're seeing like a glimpse of that Vader. So that's episode three for me is still peak. Um, okay. I have high, high hopes for episodes five and six. I think five is going to be kind of uh, building. Six is going to be obviously the the climax where the episode five is the penultimate. You know, it's going to kind of. I think I think we get Qui Gon a little bit in episode six is what I suspect. Okay. Okay. Um, but where I think I said nine point five for for episode three, I'm going to give I'm going to give episode four like an eight point seven to nine. Like there's a lot I okay. really enjoyed. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll jump in there with you and say eight and three quarters as well. So mm -hmm. eight point seven five for me as well. Um, okay, so uh, give me a standout moment for you. I know I have one that I've been kind of harping on on the shorts, um, and if that's yeah. yours as well, that's really cool. But I know I know mine already, so go ahead and tell yeah, the folks at uh, home what your standout is. I, I it was really interesting to see how much the devastation of Order sixty six, like kind of being confronted with it again, almost snapped Obi Wan out of his reverie. You know that he yeah, was yeah. mourning what his I, he was figuring was his failure. You know what I mean? That he didn't actually right. kill Anakin. Um, and so we I don't know if we saw any other named Jedi. We saw Terra Sinube, um, right? Which was cool to see him in live action. That was really really cool to see the you know, the longer braids and he almost looks a little bit more canine. Um, but I think the standout for me really, and I've talked about it already, but just the really heavy handed comparisons of, of dark and light that in this moment, Vader 
is the ultimate representation of the dark side of the force in the galaxy because you know palpatine's doing palpatine things he's behind the scenes he's in the shadows he's right you know orchestrating machinations he's he's just this guy that does everything and nobody sees anything you know he's the master magician so we have vader he's the very apparent evil and then everybody's looking to obi-wan is the ultimate good you know he, right. he meets that jedi on tatooine he said well, what happened you were once a great jedi master you know what i mean like he's the mm. he's the man he's one of the most recognizable jedi in the galaxy he's what one of two remaining members of the jedi council he's right. i mean he's the guy you know and so yeah to you see get him like, yeah coming he, he's back definitely he's definitely the you know uh i guess quinlan voss was a master, but wasn't, I guess, on the council at that time. He wasn't, he was in council material. You know what I mean? I think they extended I, the yeah. invite. He was a field man. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't what's council What's crazy man. is you have Yoda, who's the grandmaster. Mm-hmm. And then as far as like the ideal Jedi, I know Mace was a kind of like the next guy, but I think that mm-hmm. he was a little extreme. You think about yeah. it. If the, if the, if the war doesn't happen in the years, just play out. You're looking at probably the next grandmaster. Right. I mean, he's powerful. He is. I mean, Anakin said it best, right? He's as wise as Master Yoda. He's as powerful as Master Windu. He is. I mean, you see Ben Kenobi in Twin Sons, right? And Rebels. And he's confronted with Darth Maul, his ultimate nemesis. And he's just completely at peace. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He's one with the Force. I mean, this is like, this is the Master Jedi right here. And so kind of to see... This guy coming back and that really heavy handed comparison of like dark yeah. and light. I think the visual, like almost cerebral representation of that conflict. Um, that's what really made this episode for me. Yeah. It's cool because in episode three, he immediately runs as soon as Vader turns on his yeah. lightsaber. And then in Twin Sons, albeit this is like five or six years down the road or maybe even mm-hmm. more than that. But by that time, Maul, who is you could argue more menacing than Vader just because he doesn't freaking quit. Oh, he's um, unrelenting, man. He's like, look what you become a rat in the desert. And Obi-Wan's mm-hmm. just like, look what I've risen above your mother. Like he's just like cold blooded killer. Like sassy you know Obi-Wan, man. Um, I love seeing him. I love seeing we're little glimpses see, of previous yeah, Obi-Wan. We're, we're seeing that. Like, like you said, that rebirth that's happening again. Um, I mean, him becoming that guy. Imagine any lesser Obi. I mean, we're seeing the Obi Wan who confronted Grievous and the remnants of the droid army by himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it and takes it's some cojones because, to go into Fortress Inquisitorius yeah. by yourself, no evac plan. I mean, he's just playing just doing it. it. And and the crazy thing is, his um, by the time he becomes one with the Force in Episode Four, you mm-hmm. could argue that as far as his connection to the Force, but between him and Yoda, he's may be the most powerful individual alive at that point, especially when you're talking about the light, you know, like I know the emperor probably would have toasted him, but yeah. I'm talking about just his, his connection to the force probably outshines Vader at that moment. I would, I would in, in the vein of your argument that Kenobi is maybe the most greater picture aware, like he's so, he has so much trust, right? Because this is right. Kenobi at this point, his, his driving force is I've got to train the boy when he comes of age, I've got to mm-hmm. train the boy. No one's like, you don't care about the boy. You just care if he's showing, but even disconnected from the forces, he's like, I've got to train this guy. Like he's our, mm-hmm. he's our only hope fast forward to a new hope. And he's so trusting 
in the will of the force that he's like, Hey, if I die, I die. Like it's going to happen. Right. You know, it's, it's basically right. already written. And there's that's, that cool a, that's moment, a whole different person. That moment. Cause after this, he's going to go back to Tatooine and watch Luke for another 10 years. Yeah. So that's, he's still that guy um, watching over Luke, but this time with Leia, even though it's just been a number of days, their bond mm-hmm. put so much more like weight and warmth into that moment where he's fighting Vader. And he's just like barely doing this number, but holding his own. And mm-hmm. then he looks over and he sees Luke and he sees Leia and he's like, okay, cool. And he's like, yeah, I've run my race and he's willing to like give himself up. That's really cool. Cause that's, yeah. that's enough of a distraction for Vader that yeah. he knows they're going to get away. And Maybe he's it's immediately too much. like, he's immediately, we talk about in uh, master and apprentice, the short story from certain point mm-hmm. of view by Claudia gray. Yeah. He talks about, Qui-Gon tearing himself away from the force and it's painful and it's taken time. And obviously like, we don't know if he's on purpose, just holding back or if he's still Mm -hmm. learning in the cosmic force. That's why we haven't heard from Qui-Gon yet. But if that's the case, how powerful is Obi-Wan to immediately recall where he was, who he was come out from the cosmic force into the the land of the living, at least by voice and say, run, run, Luke, run. Like, is that how, like, how crazy is that? I'm excited to kind of see like the leaving off of Obi-Wan really completing the training that's talked about at the end of episode three, you know what I mean? Right. Of, of not episode three of Obi-Wan, obviously revenge of the Sith. Um, mm-hmm. But like there's training that Yoda has for Obi-Wan. Like he's still the grandmaster. He's still teaching lessons even after the, still the, the Jedi order no longer exists. And it seems like Obi-Wan's kind of shelved that really, really heavily. He shelved that. And so to kind of see him step into that to the yeah. point where, Man, even if in season two, if we get some like actual interaction of Obi-Wan working with the Wills, like, mm. come on, you say this all the time. I've never said it. Shirt's coming off. Shirt's <laughs> coming off if Obi-Wan gets to interact do it. with the Wills. And I'll, I'll, you know what? I, I don't even care. I'll do it. But I, I think it's really cool to, um, I think it's just really cool to see this journey because it's like, we never got to see this part of Obi-Wan. We've never seen him broken. Even after the right. fall of Qui-Gon, right in front of him, he's still like, there's there's more to be done. But I really think it says a lot about his faith in Luke that, you know, we see him talking with Yoda that he's like, Luke is the only one. You know, and, mm-hmm. and Yoda's like, there's another. You know, Yoda's like, ah, I kind of prefer the girl. But o- <coughs> excuse yeah. me. Obi-Wan has so much faith in, in Luke that even after all this firsthand interaction with Leia is kind of like, a budding young adult, you know what I mean? She's like seven. So it's like, she's kind of displaying her personality traits as a, as a preteen. And then she's like, what, 17, 18, you know, by the time uh new hope rolls around. And yeah, so it's like a, 10, a lot of, she's 10 now and she'll be 19 in a new, a new hope. Yeah. And so like a lot of her authentic personality is starting to show, you know, it's not just mm-hmm. like repetition or mirroring or display. It's like, this is Leia. And so to see how competent, you know, this young woman mm-hmm. is and to see, you know, all of her strengths and all of her attributes and for him to still be like, Hey, that kid that's ducking around the house behind Owen so that he can fake fly a mm-hmm. ship on the, on the that's roof the of the farm. That's yeah. the guy, you know? And so, yeah. I mean, and maybe to that's me, reading that too much into it, but again, yeah. Yeah. I think his that's, that speaks again to the depths of his wisdom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Okay, so we both gave a rating. Standout moment for you is that duality, growth of mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, and then seeing the struggle. Uh, two standout moments for me, probably the moment that I was like the most was um, the obviously the Jedi tomb. Um, mm-hmm. 
I posted about it on our TikTok. Holy cow, dude. I can tell that the channel's growing because people are starting to be mean to me. <laughs> um, so I post about just my the- – it's a theory. Hey, idiot. He called it's it a tomb. It's not a freaking fact. <laughs> um, but uh, I talk about how – you know what they might be re- using it for. And yeah. uh, I said maybe they're maybe they're going to try to siphon off their blood like we saw in Mandalorian. Maybe this has Mount Tantus written all maybe over it. It's maybe it's Jurassic Park. I mean it looks it, like that liquid they're like in is kind of an right? amber, you know. Maybe there's maybe they're mosquitoes. Maybe those Jedi are dinosaurs. <laughs> um, so this person comments, they call it a tomb, so we have to take it as that they are dead. And I was mm-hmm. like, I understand the concept of face value, my friend. It's called dreaming. And uh, <laughs> I said, Obi-Wan calls it a tomb. Meaning, yeah. What does he know? Well, uh, I know, says, I, and I, I think he shared it with me. And like, yeah, I guess like, my the writers argument, wrote the line, and I was like, "And yeah, that's like every line ever written." Um, <laughs> can we talk about how like some characters, because they're characters in the story, don't have total vision? Like we read uh, the Thrawn trilogy, and we see. I think this is my favorite book of all Thrawns is the one with him and uh, alliances, Thrawn alliances. Invader has those double vision moments, double vision. you know, and yeah, I think that's the coolest display of the force we've ever had as far as like fighting and, and being mm-hmm. able to like see inside the mind of a Jedi when they're fighting. But um, it, they're a character, so they literally only were characters, they're, you they're know, in, in the, the grand. They can see what they can see. So right. I get what he's saying. Be like, oh, yeah, the writers know. But at the same time, the writer is writing the character. The writer's right, writing the character. Right. They're not giving and the so, character. They're not endowing all encompassing knowledge upon the character. They're writing the character as the character exists in the story, and Obi Wan as he exists in the story says it's a tomb, which I can see how that would be misleading, but it's still a very flawed argument. It's funny because uh, I said, "So is Luke the chosen one?" Then, and then the comment whole th- comment thread was deleted uh, <laughs> because in Rebels, that's what Ben thinks. Yeah, you know. And yeah. also, like, okay, so was the only option then to kill Vader, like Yoda and freaking Obi-Wan said, even after Obi-Wan was a Force ghost? Obi-Wan's yeah, one I with think... the Force, he's like, still kill him, still kill him. <laughs> like, of course, they're freaking, he doesn't know, he just got there. Anyways, yeah. so that was a really big moment for me. Another mm-hmm. moment is uh, Vader shows up at the castle and says, you were warned, and like slams Reva up in the air. I really was hoping yeah, he was, was going to kill her there, but obviously she needs to stick around. Yeah, she's got that um, new- Jar Jar plot armor, baby. She's shooting right? droids even though she doesn't mean to. <laughs> exactly. I, I put a tracker. Um, okay, so those were two. It's really kind cool of funny to see me. the the Obi Wan shoe on the other foot. You know where that's kind of his go to move is throwing a tracker on somebody's ship, and now right, it's him. Right. I mean, everybody, you know, it's in the droid. I mean, when I, before I saw the close in, I was like, oh, it's in the droid. Right. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see. It always baffles me. And again, it's a story, but it always baffles me how like in a galaxy where trackers exist that like there's at all the possibility that they're not going to completely scan Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and Leia on the off chance that a tracker got planted on their person. That's just me, though. Right. Um, just throw that freaking droid in the ocean. We'll buy you <laughs> another one. We'll go. We'll Have stop seen- the Galactic Radio Shack after this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Have you seen that that droid's named after Carrie Fisher's childhood pet bird? bird? That's yeah, really sick. cool. That's a cool little Easter egg. Um, but, so um, those are my two standout next, moments. Right? That's and our, then, that's our, um, yeah, new characters, nothing super interesting except for that Terra Sanube is now in live action. albeit that was 
really cool. I mean, he was dead, really cool. but it's still cool to see him. I love that character. Very mm-hmm. cool character. Um, I and mean, we have like, like B-roll dude, characters. It ties together. Like he's barely High Republic. He's in there just a smidge. Uh-huh. So it's their first High Republic character in live action as well. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I guess if you don't count Yoda. Um, right, 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 right. Uh, That's true. But I, I mean, that was really cool. That that was huge for but me. Just background to, characters were cool. Um, yeah. It's just, I feel like there's so many people that just want to nitpick. People are like, those don't look like Purge Troopers. And I was like, it's been 10 years, my guy. What do you want? <laughs> I thought it was cool to see a Purge like Trooper it, at all. Does, um, does your iPhone look like it did 10 years ago? <laughs> Mine like, doesn't. Good God. Um, thank God. I remember for the longest time I wouldn't switch over to... Uh, I think I held on to my my seven or eight for the longest, just because I wanted to have the home button. You right, know, I was me like, too. I don't want to make the switch. I was crotchety old man. Um, I had the six, and I was like, "Me and this brick are gonna die together." I'm this hole. Um. So yeah, what's yeah, next? We not huge characters. Totally I think we have. Dust. Uh, what's the name of not? What's the name of a uh, Rite Aid brand Ice Cube? I can't remember his name. Ice Cube Junior. <laughs> that's his son is it really i was like man yeah, he looks really just is. like ice cube um <laughs> yeah so we had him we kind of have like this burgeoning rebellion um what was the we had the pilots and and the snow speeders which it was cool to see those outside of hoth i, I don't think i've ever seen those in anything star wars outside yeah, of it's hoth. cool it's cool because uh lego came out with a set a few years ago where they were in a sand environment and it makes sense because if you remember in episode five, it says they're not ready. To, they're trying to go look for Luke. And they said they didn't have a regulator yeah. for the cold yet. So yeah. that's pretty cool. And yeah, mind, those speeders are like the, uh, the postmen of, of speeders, right? You know, snow <laughs> rainer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they'll be there. Yeah, they'll be there. So, um, you know, water, desert, snow, who cares? Who cares? We're going to, we're going to blast those speeders right. into the environment. Um, I think what's next, we're going to, I mean, there's going to be the, you know, episode two, episode five, kind of like drawing in, tracking sort of moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that the path is kind of going to have to be unbuilt um, mm. just because of the certainty that there are no Jedi left by the time of episode four. Um, like there's a lot of confidence from Vader, a lot of confidence from Palpatine that there are no you know, major threats kind of out there lingering. Right. Um, and, and I don't think the inquisitors exist at that point in time is my understanding. So yeah, I was to dissolve that, that whole organization. Well. Yeah. To design, to dissolve that whole organization. I think there's going to have to be some sort of um, like, this is the, I mean, real world parallel. This is like the underground railroad for Jedi. Right. So I think right. it's going to have to be dismantled. I think it's going to have to be uprooted for there to be any confidence on the part of the empire. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I think they're going to track him back to the main base. He says everything runs through there. So I think it's going to get, you know, destroyed. Um, maybe Quinlan Voss makes an appearance episode five. Um, I yeah, think we don't get Qui-Gon until episode six. It's interesting that you mentioned Quinlan because I shared this with you earlier. Uh, but after his name was dropped, um, the star Wars Twitter account was like, learn more about Quinlan Voss. And I was like, I know that his <laughs> name was just dropped. But there's been a lot of little hints and Easter eggs and name drops. And I wonder if they're trying to familiarize a few people with the character Man, before he actually shows up. 
I absolutely cannot imagine that they're just going to drop that name just for the sake of dropping the name. Cause he's a cool Jedi, man. He's, I mean, you know yeah. me, he's top three all time for me. I love him. I've right. talked about him for like literally since the beginning of the podcast. Right. And, um, he's, I think he's such an influential character in his sphere. I can't imagine he's just a name drop. I don't think that he's important enough in the grand right. scheme of things to just be like, Oh, Quinlan's here. That's neat. You know what I mean? Like Terra Sinube, he had, you know, his time in the clone wars, you know, that cool episode, it was a very heavy handed arc. When Voss came around, he was, um, he, he was kind of like sharing the limelight with Obi-Wan on this treasure hunt, you know, kind of it's the back and forth, you know, the straight guy, mm -hmm. funny guy sort of thing. But then we had Quinlan in Dark Disciple. And, you know, that was like a very, very beautifully written book. Yeah. And I think they Which developed a really strong character in Quinlan. One of my favorite newer I love that book. books. Yeah, I yeah. love that book. And so I think that they've developed such a strong character. It would be kind of a waste to just have a one line throwaway mention of, you know, Quinlan Voss in, in episode three. So I, I can't imagine that I do I mean, worry I, that Vader's going to kill him if we see him. I dig it. I take that showdown because I think Quinlan would give him a pretty good run for his money. We get a, a nice little duel. Um, Dude, it would be cool if Quinlan touched him and saw his memories and was like, Anakin, what have you done? I think it'd be cool if we had Quinlan tap into the dark side a little bit to fight Aunt, uh, Vader. Ooh, because we have, ooh. I mean, I mean, hmm. uh, they're not canon anymore. But the Quinlan Voss comics, Palpatine was scouting Quinlan because he had a natural aversion to the dark side, or version yeah. from yeah. Because I don't the know about he had I don't know if it's bent towards the dark side. I don't know and, if this is canon, but I remember in Legends the ability of psychometry kind of pushed you that way, similar to like, you know, um, I think probably not because of that. Uh, oh, what's that? What's that book about the the kid with psychometry? Oh. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Treasure something? I can't remember. Uh, the Jedi Hunter, the Force Collector. Yeah, that's it. Um, I, I, I don't, I think it maybe would be that, cool to see him use lightning, though. Yeah, I think it would be really cool to see um, Quinlan kind of tap into because we, I mean, we saw Dooku and Dooku Jedi lost kind of tap into the dark side as a Jedi. Quinlan very much has that bent from the comics. I don't know how much of that character they want to preserve. Um, but I mean, they kind of resurrected that character in dark disciples. So I think right. it'd be kind of cool to see that almost Revan esque kind of balancing of the light and dark, even though I think under new canon, it's kind of an outlawed concept. Um, and I wonder if he would be like ashamed to tap in since Ventress saved him and all this other I stuff. I don't, I don't think Quinlan has, I don't think he's a shameful guy. Um, he is who Just he whatever is. Whatever works. Yeah. Especially yeah, if he's like saving Obi-Wan or saving younglings. Yeah, he's functional. He's not idealistic. So I don't I don't think that would bother him in, in the least. Um, but it'd be really cool to see him. I think I've talked about it for too long now. But um, hopeful to see him in episodes five and six because he's one of my favorite Jedi. And so to get him and Obi-Wan on live action would just be too much for me. Um, and that opens uh, up the opportunity for more. If we got if he's in yeah. the show, then the chances of him having a, a figure is better too. <laughs> a new vintage collection or Black Series figure. So I think that's um, kind of where the show's headed, though. It's going to there's going to have to be some big showdown, some conflict of them kind of finding, you know, Leia's got to be in more immediate peril. Right. And I know I've been saying this for a while, but I do think that the Leia thing has kind of like it, it works. And mm -hmm. I think that it's could she stick around? Sure. But I think that 
it would be cool if they just drop her off. You can't have at this time. You can't have mm-hmm. the Empire openly invade Alderaan to get her back. Right. You know what I mean? The Senate still so exists. Like, I think it would be too the open. Sales, the, the, the Senate's still a thing. Bale's still a senator. Like, still mm-hmm. holds some pretty good sway. So it would be well, cool. So much if, so that the Grand Inquisitor had. I mean, Grand Inquisitor has no qualms. He doesn't care about anything. But for him to be like, you kidnapped a senator's child? You know, uh, right. I think that still really lays <laughs> into. Grand and Grinch Inquisitor. <laughs> I can't you would kidnap a senator. You would kidnap a senator. What would I do? Uh, the senator's child mentioned a check. <laughs> but I mean, that gives some credence to the value that Bale still has yeah. in, in Galaxy. Well, Bale's so. also one of those guys that's like going to put it all out on the table and just yeah. Say well, I mean, he too. was always like. He was the orator, you know what I mean? Like it was him right. and Padme, and they were like the bleeding hearts of the galaxy. Right. In the words of the Grinch, bleeding worlds of the galaxy unite. Hmm. And, and uh, they interest, interestingly, they even say that. Remember when he's talking to his cousin or his whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, your bleeding, bleeding heart, heart for the, for the Senate. Senate. Um, and Bill was like, "Why I wanna?" Yeah, I would like to see Leia shelved a little bit for season two and see more of the. Um, idealistic like very immersive hunt for one with oneness with the force that obi-wan's gonna have to have in the years to yeah. come i'd like to I see that for freaking, season two i want the george lucas sequel trilogy midi chlorian <laughs> cosmic force that's what i want yeah i'd love I want to people see to that be annoyed with how slow and freaking <laughs> arduous it is to learn about the force i would love that yeah i i'm um, I'm all about the lore i'm all about the story man so i love to see that stuff unfold i same. love philosophy i love ideas so that's what i'm here for um yeah. I, th- I think maybe the leia arc rounds up season two i'd love to see more in-depth you know force exploration season two i don't know if that's realistic from disney star wars but that's what i would like to see yeah i agree well, it's a pretty good little breakdown. Um, I agree. I'd love to see some Quinlan Voss. I would love to mm. see. Um, I would love to see Quinlan like kill the fourth sister. We know that the the Grand. We know that the fifth brother have to survive to rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Quinlan makes a daring escape as well. We don't know. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and so uh, that's what I'm hoping for as well. I do want to hear from Qui Gon. Um, yeah. So very. Oh, very I want to see Liam so bad. I want to see him. Yeah. Or at least hear him. Yeah, he has a beautiful Obi-Wan. voice. Obi-Wan. Those little golden, cute little golden force balls. And That'd be no! sick. Yeah, um, I'm here for it. Again. No! But uh, anyways, all right, cool. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Hey, if you liked this video, um, please give us a thumbs up. Hey, if you would give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and write us a review, we'll read it on air and mm. uh, help uh, grow the podcast. And um, we've got a TikTok now, all that kind of stuff. And like I said, we're considering a Patreon and maybe doing um, some of those longer uh, breakdowns uh, for those comics would be awesome. So uh, please just check us out on all those channels. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember that the Force will be with you always. And also remember, the only family you have here is me. Bye, guys. All right, see y'all.